opened the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress. The gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Welcome everyone. Today I'm joined by managing editor James Kleiman to talk about 2023 forecasts and what's happening at some big and small lenders. James, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, we're back. How's it going? We are back. Yes. First time I've talked to you since uh, we had our break for the holidays. So, and I know, wow, just trying to pick which stories to cover is hard because we have so much great uh, articles out there and content out there. Uh, l- really looking forward into 2023, like what to expect. So I'd, I'd love to jump into some of those stories. Yeah, let's do it. First off, uh, I know that uh, we published uh, Logan Motoshami, our lead analyst. We published his forecast um, t- uh on Thursday, this is airing on Friday, and we talked. To, I talked to him about that in a, for, in a podcast this week. But that's really exciting because, truthfully, I mean, the overall of that is things look sunnier for 2023, in his opinion. Well, this is good news. You know, I I talk to a lot of people in this space as well, and 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 I think you know they're in the industry like that. They're still banging out loans, or they're trying to anyway, right? They're they're still looking for borrowers. They're 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 in the trenches every day, right? And and so I think I feel like a lot of them are a little bit more defeated. You know, of course they they don't they don't get to step back like Logan can and and really just you know go through the charts and, and go through the, the Fed minutes, right? Like that they're trying to get deals done. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it certainly right now you, you get the feeling from the, the boots on the ground that it's very much kind of a, like, let's batten down the hatches and let's just survive the next few months because, you know, it's, it's pretty bleak for a lot of LOs out there. Not everybody, you know, like I was chatting with a guy the other day and, and uh, he specializes in VA loans and he closed 10 in December you know, and wow, and, and that's that's a really ten units is really good any month, right? Um, but that's especially great considering that rates are in you know depending on where you are, depending on your credit history, depending on all kinds of factors, right? We're like mid sixes, um, and and you know just given what we know about uh, the Fed's continuing uh, strategy to to really try to get inflation down to that 2% level, it looks like they're going to continue meeting by meeting. Um, and they haven't seen the job losses that they've looked for. And so it really translates to a lot more of this. And again, if you're an LO on the ground, uh, hard to be very sunny about those conditions, right? You've got an umbrella, you're, you're not going suntanning. So um, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that Logan uh, has has a, a pretty optimistic view on, on how the market's shaping up for 2023. He does, um, especially, you know, towards towards the middle end of the year, which I think is consistent across, you know, the different things. We're, we are having a um, HW Plus forecast series um, that started actually in December going, uh, going through January. And then we're going to have a forecast event, a virtual forecast event on February 6th. So we've been asking luminaries from across the industry to weigh in. And Doug Duncan, who's of course the uh, chief economist at Fannie Mae, uh, published a forecast, 2023 forecast for us this week. And I feel like it's very much um, along those same lines where he he looks, he, he says it's going to be a mild recession in 2023. Mm-hmm. So that's great. 
Yeah, I mean, a, a mild recession is still not great, globally speaking, for a lot of the LOs and lenders out there. You know, I, I think we, we've talked about this in, in the recent past, Sarah, that some will not make it. You know, there is going to be consolidation. There are going to be LOs who are forced to leave the industry. You know, the, a, a lot of them also didn't plan, you know, for a recession that has, um, you know, we've been in a recession for the housing market for several months now, at least, right? So, you know, if, if that stretches over the course of, say, 12 months, you know, not everybody squirreled enough, uh, enough nuts away um, to survive that kind of winter. And so, you know, I, I think so much of that really depends on your own perspective and kind of where you fit into that framework, right? Like if you are somebody who's been a top producer and you've managed, um, you know, to, to sock away enough money, you know, that rainy day fund as, as you will, um, you're probably, I think, pretty optimistic because it, it does thin the herd. It ultimately results in less competition, right? Um, it means you're well-positioned when you know the, the the clouds kind of break, um, but if you're not as established, if you're um, you know maybe not as well capitalized, as well resourced, uh, it's it's really 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 tough right now. And that goes also for the institutions, right? Like the lenders themselves are under so much pressure right now, um, and and I think it's hard for a lot of them to differentiate themselves too. You know, like what what makes one lender different than another. Um, and, and I think that's also why we see so much recruiting in the yellow space right now, because that's, you, you need that pipeline directly to the borrower, to the, you know, the real estate agent, if you will. Absolutely. And we're, uh, I'd love to ask you about a story we have about, about poaching actually and LOs, but, um, I did want to just mention, you know, in Doug Duncan's forecast, he, Fannie Mae recently, you know, uh, revised upward their total single family home sales projections for 2022 and 2023. So 2022, 5.72 million um, and 2023, 4.57 million. So that is revising upwards. That's positive, obviously compared to 2021. (laughs) Those are paltry numbers. (laughs) So I I think you're exactly right that it really depends on where you're sitting and what your business looks like. And as you said, we know some niches that that are doing well, I don't know that I know any niches are doing really well, but um, definitely have been talking to people that it depends on where they are and and what kind of um, loans they do, what kind of borrowers they see, and what kind of competition they have. Yeah, and I think it's also worth pointing out that that loan lending limits are going to be very different in 2023. You know, we're we're crossing that million dollar threshold. So if previously you know you had maybe a possible jumbo borrower, um, but you know, they, they couldn't swing the down payment or, you know, maybe the DTI wasn't quite where it is. And, and now it's a conforming loan and it's a lot easier for them to qualify. That could, you know, depending on kind of which segment of the market uh, you tend to get business in, that could be really fruitful. So, you know, I don't think it's it's a total loss, you know, for, for everybody. Um, it, this sort of market is going to affect different LOs and different lenders in different ways, right? Um, you know, I, I think if you're in you know, a more... FHA, uh, non-QM area, I think it's going to be really tough. Um, but if you are doing conventional conforming and you're even a little bit higher up in, in sort of the price ladder, I, I think you still have a lot of opportunities next year. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. It's, it's just, you're not going to see the volume that you used to see, right? It's, it's, um, it's just, Totally, totally different than 2021 and and half of 2022, I think. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it all depends on like 
what happens. I think um, one of the things that you guys have been doing in the newsroom is as you look at mortgage rates, you're kind of pulling out a little bit and going, you know, what's a larger picture around mortgage rates? What are some of the things affecting that? Um, tell us what you're seeing there. Yeah. So rates, you know, <laughs> as they've been for the last few weeks are, are not very favorable. Uh, they ended uh, as of January 5th, they were at 648 and that's about six basis points higher than even the previous week. And and just, you know, for those who will probably find this hard to forget, a year ago, it was 3.22, right? So, I mean, it's a huge, huge difference. It's, it's pretty close to double, right? So, um, it's not great. And we're seeing activity shrinking. Uh, the inflationary pressures, however, are easing, and and that should result in lower mortgage rates in 2023. When exactly, you know, I think it, it, we mentioned earlier in the podcast is is most of the the experts, the economists, say we're looking for the second part of the year. Um, you know, not the second quarter, the second half of 2023, and that's really because the Fed is extremely interested in the labor market. And the uh, figures came out this morning. The Department of Labor reported that new filings for unemployment benefits in the week ending December 31 were 204,000. And that was uh, a 19,000 person job difference from the previous week. And and so, you know, that that did move treasury yields on the two-year and the 10-year, but we haven't really seen... um, you know the labor market shrink. There's still really strong job markets, and and you know the Fed. I think is going to continue to take a meeting by meeting approach, and so really, you know, the, the labor market data is is going to be uh, so important in 2023. That's going to determine kind of the Fed roadmap, and the Fed roadmap is ultimately you know what changes the um, you know the investor appetite for MBS. It changes. Um, uh, you know, strategies for every capital markets team in America. Um, it really is kind of the, the driver of the mortgage market. And um, there's still so much volatility, you know, as we talk right now, the two year, the 10 year yields, yields are way up on long-term bonds, the 20 year, 30 year they're down. Right. And I don't even know. Maybe tomorrow they'll they'll be the opposite, right? It's so hard to to say, and so that that just generally means that you know the investors are not going to be um, you know big buyers of MBS. So it's it's going to be challenging. But I, I think you know the the positive sign is if we do start to see a little bit of movement on on the labor market, um, you know that should again, should, not everything that should happen does happen, um, but that should start to really benefit the mortgage industry. Uh, the question really is when, you know, I mean, you could absolutely see the Fed continuing this this track of maybe another 25 basis points, another 50, um, you know, in, in the upcoming meeting. And uh, the longer that goes on, you know, the, the smaller the window opening is. Absolutely. I mean, Logan, uh, lead analyst would say that, you know, in the fives, we could we could have a stabilization of the housing market. In other words, if if rates can go back into the fives, which is part of his forecast uh, for this year, uh, five and a quarter up to seven and a quarter, then you really do have some 
market stabilization because yes, no one expects it to go back to the twos or the threes. But if you get into a five handle, then at least people, you know, like your general person on the street, you're just, I mean, it just opens things up. It's not going to be a bonanza, but at least it, it, it just gets to a more normal place where people are like, okay, this is better. And having just been shocked by those seven rates, you know, they're going to be like, uh, definitely looking to jump in. So it all, like you said, it all comes back to, you know, the, the labor, the labor market and what the Fed decides to do about that. Yeah. And, and if spreads are better, you know, I mean, we could definitely see mortgage rates under the fives, even, yep. you know, I mean, it's, it's totally possible that that happens. Um, but, but similarly, I mean, you could certainly see uh, very plausible scenarios in which spreads don't get any better. And, and, you know, these are the conditions that we're left with for a, a good chunk of 2023. So, Let's talk about how top LOs are planning to beat the odds in 2023. Let's let's go to like, okay, given that we're in a, a you know, maybe we don't see any help coming from that side, or at least not in this uh, first part of the year. You know, how are they doing it? What what are the top LOs looking at to to really grow their business or sustain their business? Yeah. So the, the major thing here is is it's it's important to remember how much of the 2020 and 2021 uh, boom was driven by refis. And and the refi party is is over. You know those those balloons have been popped, and um, and everybody's scrapping and fighting for purchase business. You know, and and you know, to make matters worse, if if you are still um, you know trying to leverage your database that says, hey, maybe some of these borrowers would benefit from a cash out refi. You know, those are getting more expensive. Those are going to be tougher to execute in twenty twenty three. You know, and and there, there are additional fees, the LPAs on those. It's it's going to be much tougher, and certainly, given that so many people refied already in 2020 and 2021 and have rates in the, the twos or threes, you know, I, I think it's going to be really difficult to find a rate term deal out there. You know, there's something like I, I know Black Knight always puts out these statistics, and it's like. 0.0091% of borrowers would benefit from a rate term refi. I'm, I'm exaggerating for comedic effect there, of course, but but it's like, it's a really, really small percentage. You know, it's like 7%. And of course, not all 7% would ever in any market, you know, actually use the product, right? So um, you can't bank on these products in 2023. Um, but there are other products that I think LO's, may be able to leverage depending on how their lender is structuring them. So, you know, traditionally HELOCs and and home equity loans have been been basically like kind of big bank or community bank products. You know, it's not the sort of thing that IMBs have really um, ever specialized in or, or have a great kind of infrastructure to to execute on. And, you know, it's it's not like LOs are are making, you know, tons of money on HELOCs uh, or or you know home equity loans. But we know that a, lo- a number of lenders are starting to put those out there, and they are starting to gain some traction. You know, it's it, it really kind of depends on on you know what sandbox that lender plays in. But um, you could certainly see, given the home equity levels, which are still going up, by the way. You know, I mean, they're not they're not falling yet. Um, they're they're probably they're, they're slowing down. They're decelerating, right? But they're not. It's not like people are losing, you know, twenty percent, thirty percent value on their homes, right? There's nothing like that happening, even in the craziest markets out there. You know, if anything, it's you know peak to drop, like 
you know, maybe they'll be 10% down, right? 15% down when it's all said and done. But but there's still so many people who have a ton of equity in their homes. And and if you think about how uh, interest rates are, are increasing on credit cards and if the Fed is is um, is able to uh, create job losses through their economic policies, people may have to turn to you know their home as, as an ATM. Um, that said, uh, I don't expect you know like a mass massive recession. I don't think that there's going to be a huge job loss. You know, and, and typically when there have been job losses in the recent past, they've been disproportionately hurting people kind of on, on more of the FHA side, at least when it comes to sort of the housing markets, um, you know, larger, uh, you know, kind of impact zone. Um, but these are definitely products that could benefit people if they have to, you know, and nobody wants to trade a rate of 3.1% for, let's say it ends up being five and a half percent, but it's better than, Going through a foreclosure, you know, it's it's better than a lot of the other options out there. And so, if you have equity, like, yeah, it would suck to lose that equity and trade for a higher rate. But if if it enables you to to pay the bills and survive until there's a better cycle where you can make you know different investments and you have more choices, um, I think people will have to do that. I mean, you don't ever hope for that kind of condition, right? But um, there will be some who decide to do it, and some might even just say, you know what. Maybe I'll just cash out all this equity and use it for other investments. You know, there are certainly people out there who think they can beat the market, right? So, and, and definitely, you know, the, the housing market. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, here we are talking about like some of the things that could really benefit um, LOs because it is such a t- tough market. But, you know, we have a story on the site right now where Go Mortgage, you know, picked up 160 former um, Finance of America employees, which is so great to see because, you know, we hate to to see all the layoffs. Obviously, it's been just such a rough year 2022 was. So kind of cool to see Go, Go Mortgage expand by picking up some some good folks. Yeah. And we continue to see a lot of demand for LOs, you know, especially those who have been in, in you know, sales positions that aren't working at call centers that have real tangible experience you know, of a Rolodex of real estate agents and estate planners and divorce attorneys and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? You know, people who can generate leads and, and eat what they kill. Um, so that that hasn't changed. That's great. You know, that that does um that does, I think, help somewhat. We're still seeing a lot of pressures on the operations side and and those aren't going to change in the first quarter. They're going to get worse most likely, you know, and, and it's the same story across America. Literally every single lender that I know of is working on cutting their costs because depending on where you are, volume is down 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, 60%, in some cases, 70%. And, you know, the economics don't work. So there may be CEOs at forego pay in 2023. You know, I, I think this is a very... It's a very serious time and nobody gets paid if the company goes under, right? So that's right. You got to make it work. Um, you know, we see one of the products that Go Mortgage uh, mentioned in that story is that um, in October, they rolled out a non-QM single close construction loan, which I think is really cool. It can uh, be used to finance up to 90% of a borrower's home construction. Um, 
you know, for loans are going up to 2 million. And that's just one example of what we see different lenders doing. Like, you know, this is how they're innovating. We saw Rocket um, launches a program for underserved borrowers where they're, you know, they're giving them $7,500 in credit for first-time homebuyers. So we see a lot of companies going, you know, where, where, where are the new pockets of people that we can reach? Yeah. I mean, these are generally speaking kind of limited programs, right? Like the Rocket program is, I, I believe it's six cities, and, um, you know, and it's for very specific census tracts. I, I think it's great, you know, and, and, uh, Rocket is, is, um, among the better lenders out there in terms of reaching underserved borrowers. So kudos to them for, for launching the product. And they've done a lot of good work in Detroit. So again, kudos to them. And, and I don't think there's enough, uh, you know, these kind of special purpose credit programs or there are not enough lenders. Of course, you know, we don't have to get into the whole backstory of, of why there have been so few of these. Um, but, um, the fact that there are a few out there that are starting, um, to really try to key in on, on borrowers that, that maybe are, are paying, you know, more in rent than they would in a mortgage payment, you know, who just need a leg up, who don't have the down payment, right? So I think we're going to see a lot more on down payment assistance uh, options in 2023. We've we've talked already a lot about the temporary buy-downs. Those are very popular right now. You know, there are, there are LOs out there that our reporting staff uh, is in contact with who say it's 50% of their business at this point. You know, everybody's trying to get a point off and, and, you know, in some cases they'll even bar, you know, they'll even buy down more. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's still somewhat at the margins, you know, like when we talk about even, you know, the, these kind of special purpose credit programs or non-QM or construction or whatever. I mean, you, you look at the mortgage pie and it's still going to be the vast majority, very vanilla, you know, Fannie Freddie purchase loans, bit of FHA, you know, a dash of VA, maybe a little bit of something more exotic. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a big drop in volume for sure. And, and maybe that, you know, that kind of program will be the difference between losing money and, and uh, you know, or, or losing so much money that you can't continue. I mean, every, every loan matters at this point. And I know every staff out there is, is fighting for these loans and, and, you know, it is, it is mission critical right now. It is mission critical. And, you know, I mean, there's other stresses in the system. I know uh, today we have a story about Silvergate ditching its mortgage warehouse. And of course, this is a little bit of a, a very specific story because they had um, Silvergate Capital Corporation, you know, had provided services to yeah. Sam Bankman frieds now, now collapsed crypto empire. So I think this is a little bit of a very specific yeah. one that I thought very interesting. Yeah, I would say this is not like a you know, something to worry about per se in the mortgage industry, right? Like this is this is not a sign of distress overall. You know, this is I think really yeah. specific to the choices that they made and, and being um, so prominent in the crypto space, which has been a, a complete unmitigated unmitigated disaster in, in virtually every way. Um, you know, and, and and there was some interest in crypto mortgages. There are a few companies that popped up over the last year or two. Figure, of course, is still very, um, you know, very excited about the opportunities in the space. And I, I think that there will be still, uh, you know, a, a lot more to write about in future years, but crypto in 2023, when it comes to the housing industry, mortgage, I, I think is, is not going to be much of a factor at all. You know, I, I we were so excited in 2021 we by the potential, you know, and, and I, I also think, you know, and it's worth noting that, a lot of 
companies invested heavily in infrastructure and technology in 2020 and 2021 because they knew that to compete, you know, they, they had to be better. They had to have better processes. They had to invest in, in better CRMs. They had, they just had to get better. Right. And, and that tech stack that was so important, I think is going to be a little less loved in 2023. You know, we, we know that when companies that are in you know, tough financial straits, what do they do? They, they cut their expenses first, right? And, you know, typically that's in salaries and staff members, but it also is in vendor relationships. And it's also in, you know, uh, kind of removing uh, maybe some technologies that only a portion of, of the LOs or processors or, you know, underwriters or whomever relied on. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to lead to less, uh, you know, it, that, that it's going to result in you know, problematic loans, right? But I do think that some of the innovation that we've desperately needed in, in the housing space, especially in mortgage, is, is probably not going to come as quickly. Um, but maybe that, that could also result in, you know, efficiencies, right? Maybe there are some really cool chatbots out there that could make a difference. You know, there, there is always promising technology. Um, I, I just think it's probably unlikely that you're going to see heavy investment industry-wide in technology in 2023. That makes total sense. I mean, you've got to focus on what you can do and um, agree with everything you said, like the people who are, who are better positioned operationally because of what they invested in. Good advantage right now, but also can't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I know other companies are like, this is the perfect time to do it because you do have less, but, you know, that's sure. only if you've got some money to do that. <laughs> right, right. You, you need to be willing to part with you know, a few hundred thousand dollars yes. or, or more, right? Well, you know, we talked about uh, LOs and I said that, you know, we were going to get to poaching. So one of the stories this week was Prime Lending suing FCM for poaching 10% of its workforce. Uh, what's going on there? Yeah. So let, let's talk about Prime Lending and First Community Mortgage Inc. Um, <laughs> it's it's going to sound similar to some of the other big poaching stories that we've written about over the last year, you know, uh, Cross country has been sued by a number of competitors. Uh, you know, Guild has, has been in there. Uh, we we know that uh, Caliber has also Loan Depot. You know, we've got a lot of uh, Union Home Mortgage um, has been involved in, in poaching lawsuits. And and really, what this one is is what makes this one interesting is that um, so Prime Lending uh, they're they're based in Texas. And they say that about a hundred employees on the same day just said, okay, see ya, I'm out of here, we're done, and hopped over to First Community Mortgage. And and they say that, right, they say that it caused damages of over $30 million in annual revenues, and it left them on the hook for about $150,000 in, in vacant office space and fees for breaking leases where they had branches in like, you know, Cincinnati and Indianapolis. And Prime Lending claims that the competitor approached personnel through a recruiter, uh, a man named Gary Sindel from Cavu Partners. And uh, he said that Gary was the recruiter for this company for over 11 years. And the lender and the recruiter had a formal agreement until 2020 with a non-solicitation clause that basically prevented uh, Cavu from hiring or attempting to hire you know, employees away from the company. So the lender said that despite not formally renewing the contract, 
Kebu continued to provide services with them as of September 2022. But then uh, <laughs> about 100 employees, including a regional manager, four branch managers, uh, a, a top operations manager on September 1st, all on the same day said, we're resigning and they left. And, you know, they, similar to some of the other lawsuits, um, Prime Lending says that their, their employees' contracts had not solicitation clauses, not interference clauses, confidentiality clauses, and that, you know, th- these are effectively breached um, by them moving over to FCM. So, you know, th- these are not huge lenders. You know, Prime Lending is a subsidiary of Plans Capital Company. They did about 12 bill in originations over the last year. Um, they've got a little under a thousand loan officers. They operate in 23 states. So they're, you know, a midsize approaching large-ish. FCM is way smaller. They did just about a billion dollars in loans over the last 12 months. They only had about 150 loan officers, uh, in, in two branches and they have licenses in, in just 18 states. So, you know, this is an example of, um, I guess a mid-sized fish, a walleye, depending on uh, if you're in the Great Lakes region, uh, you know, eating up some minnows. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. I mean, if, if you're looking at this from the perspective of, of FCM, if you're only already doing 1.15 bill in originations per year and volume industry-wide is slowing and you've lost a huge number of your LOs, by the time this lawsuit even makes its way through the courts, you may not be around, um, so that's that's certainly a concern. But look, this is this is going to continue. We are going to continue to see LOs who, I mean, I think a lot of them would probably prefer to be at a shop that is more likely to be around. You know, um, these are generally independent contractors who are, you know, often under W two agreements for, uh, for legal reasons, but but you know, very much think of themselves as you know producers, and and they're gonna. They're going to move to a place where they feel like they have the best opportunity to produce. So um, it's it's a tough situation, I think, for all parties. But uh, it's it's we're we're going to be writing about this a lot over the next twelve months. That sort of coordinated effort is just like wow. Because even if you're like, oh, you know, I want to I want to leave to to go to a better opportunity, it's kind of a rough thing to do to have that coordinated effort, knowing that that's going to hurt your current employer, right? Um, but I, I know this is a, you know, this is not the playground. People play for keeps here. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But well, James, thanks so much for being on. I feel like we covered a ton of things. And I know we have even more things coming from the newsroom, which we're looking forward to. And I will have you on next week as always. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks very much, Sarah. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. 
If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.